We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to RotoWire's Tuesday. Yes, you heard that right. Tuesday NBA DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. I'm Joe Bartle, and joined alongside me, as always, is Ben Miller. Ben, I had some. Well, I got back from a esports event Monday, so it was kind of one of those things where I'm putting together the lineup. I'm looking at how little sleep I got over the weekend, and I said, <laughs> Ben, can we please, 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 just not do Monday's lineup? And you're like, Hey. Actually, that's probably a good idea because Tuesday has slightly more games than Monday. So let's go ahead and do a Tuesday NBA podcast. And well, here we are. Yeah, it always makes it easier for us <laughs> when there's more games. I mean, there's there's more options for us to 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 go with. Um, but uh, you had a little fun over this weekend. Uh, how'd that go? Well, yes, I went to a Call of Duty event. It was the first Call of Duty event of the new competitive season. Obviously, the new game came out. Oh, I think a couple months now, or at least a month ago. Um, and we have now the new season out. The first Call of Duty event of the competitive season. I obviously cover esports at RotoWire as well as doing many other these NBA podcasts and NFL podcasts. And we appreciate es- the crossover. Well, yes, and and esports is honestly one of my passion projects, and I love what they do, and especially Call of Duty. Frankly, it's one of the easier ones for me to understand as far as esports goes, and certainly for the audience members, this might be one of the easier ones to understand too. If you want to get into esports, Call of Duty is a great way to start because it's basically, oh yeah, that guy killed that guy. I can understand that. That's good. There's right, a, lot, right. a lot of other strategy involved in that, obviously, but if you're boiling down to one thing or another, it's that guy killed that guy, and it's it's one of those things I just love to do. Not even so much about the esports, but I love the people that are involved in esports, especially Call of Duty. I've been to a couple different events for a couple of different respective esports. And there really isn't anyone quite like the Call of Duty community in that sense. The players, the PR people that are there, everyone is fantastic. They're just they're just super nice, willing to help you. I think they understand that you're there to do a job. I was there yeah, to cover yeah. it. But also I'm there to understand and learn. And there isn't a greater esport in that sense for those. The players are so willing to help out and the PR people and everything else are so willing to put you up in a spot where you can succeed in that. So 
And where, where was this one at? This was in Dallas. Dallas. This was yeah, CWO okay. Dallas Open, um, largest Call of Duty event in, or since the inception of the Call of Duty World League, there was 208 teams. I think right now I'm doing left stuff. I had 208 yeah. teams competing wow, at this, crazy. 192 teams in the open bracket. And of course, due to some sort of circumstance that went on, we were forced to basically play the largest Call of Duty te- uh, <laughs> tournament in two days. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Normally yeah. it's a three-day event. It was played in two days. So there is a... That sounds a, like a no sleep. It was a couple of days where uh, players were competing until three in the morning. Yeah. The finals yeah. ended right around one o'clock. And this was central time too, because Dallas Central. So yeah, it was... Uh, it was a long day and, you know, or a long couple of days. So again, that's why it's like Monday. Hey, Ben, how about we just do this on Tuesday? Let's do this <laughs> podcast on Tuesday. Let's make it easy on ourselves. Exactly. Well, and I also want to give a shout out. Um, you, of course, get to go ahead and shout out to all your fans out there True. that are listening yeah. there. Right. You know, Donnie is being one of them. He always <laughs> messages you now for DFS stuff. Uh, give a shout out to, I think, one of RotoWire's biggest esports supporters overall and a, a guy that did end up taking first place at the Seedwheel Dallas okay. Open, Dylan Theory McGee, obviously. Uh, Congratulations, He's going to have a little bit more money to be thrown around and on the double ups <laughs> now. And I know he is a listener of the NBA podcast too. So shout out to him. Shout out to Team Caliber, who took first place. It was a surprising run by them, but I honestly love all those guys on that team too. So it just made it all much sweeter to see those people or see, you know, Team Caliber yeah, end up yeah. winning. And uh, I love my guy out there, Theory. So thank you so much for helping us out this, this weekend, really. And uh, congrats to you guys. And Hopefully more stuff to come. So yeah, we're glad to have you back, though. I mean, yes, well, you're lying. You know, it's about you, time you, you were you were enjoying the time <laughs> the, off. The long weekend out here. You know, hurry well, back. the only reason you're happy is because I normally get you Mountain Dews. That's the true. Week. Yeah, no, that, that's that's so you were true. missing your Mountain Dew supply when I was gone. That's <laughs> I was little, yeah, I was a little sleepy. So <laughs> all right, well, we talked enough esports. Let's go ahead and get to NBA's Tuesday DFS podcast here and actually talk some DFS action. There's only what a couple uh, seven eight games going on tonight. I think but we got seven. Yeah. Seven games going on tonight. We have a lot of injuries that we have to take note of with this with this slate going on. I mean, we have people like Kawhi Leonard coming back. We have John Wall that is likely to not play. We have Joel Embiid, who God knows what's going to happen with him. There are so many high-priced guys. It's, even look at the center spot alone. I was going through it was game-time decision, game-time decision, game-time decision, out, game-time decision. It, it's, it's a lot to go through as far as the injuries, and we don't have a lot of information right now recording at the time that we are yeah, there's yeah. A, there's a lot that we have to speculate on so i think you know we always start out with your your bold takes this has to be the most important thing when setting your laps a who's going to play b how much they're going to play or who's going to play and then b yeah. how much if they are going to play and c if they aren't going to play who's going to be instead no i, I definitely you're, you're completely right and i think three big names come off you know off the top of my head right away it's Kawhi leonard john wall and, and joel Embiid. Those are those are the the huge names that um, that usually are people you have to consider every single time because of how good they are. Um, with Kawhi, you know, it looks like he's they. The Spurs have confirmed that he is going to play, so this is his season debut, um, which is huge. But you know, knowing the Spurs, knowing Greg Popovich, they're going to probably be as you know as cautious as, pos- as possible with him. Um, so he's going to have limited minutes. You know, that's, um, that's is he though? Is he actually? Because we we said the same thing when Batum came back for the Hornets, and we're like, oh yeah, they're not going to play him very much. Boom, he gets thirty minutes tonight. We said the same thing about Joel Embiid, probably one of our first two or three weeks into the podcast. Oh, they're going to take it easy on boom thirty minutes a night. I know it's the Spurs, yeah, and I understand how careful and cautious they are when resting their players. But who's to say Kawhi Leonard? doesn't get 30 minutes a night. I'm looking at his price right now, and it's one of those things where if he ends up playing, you have a guy that's 7,000 price right yeah, now. Yeah. That could, if he gets 30 minutes a night, if he get just say, 
that's fantastic value. Right, right. right? You got to have some cojones to go ahead. And, well, that's with, a tournament play, play, in my it. opinion. I don't, I don't think so. That's way. T- I mean, yes, risky wise, I get it. You know that that tournaments when you when you take the risks for a guy like that, but there's just no way, right? I mean. I, I don't or is know. Is he going to play like 20 minutes? I just don't. I don't know. Maybe uh, it's seems because, crazy to me. Maybe it's because I've been so enthralled by whatever the hell this NFL season has developed yeah. into with all the injuries that have gone on and all the weird stuff that has gone on with NFL. I don't think it's that unrealistic to assume that maybe a guy that's been out all season, they want to get some run in. They want to have Kawhi Leonard go out there. They want to see what they have, how healthy he is, because you can always rest him in the back-to-back kind of situation. Yeah. I, I don't think that's the case. The Spurs don't play tomorrow, correct? I don't think so. I don't think okay. So. And, and obviously, as we're talking, you'll go ahead and look at that up. But as of <laughs> right. right now, you know, <laughs> we, we don't think that's the case. And truthfully, that means that Leonard could do it. And I don't think we're ruling out the fact that the Spurs are playing their state rival in the Mavericks. And those two teams, for whatever the reason, just don't like each other all the time. And I just don't... 7,000 for Kawhi Leonard, if he's getting 30 minutes a night, is an absolute gold mine. Absolute. And we can't rule it out entirely. I think your point about the, the matchup only helps you know avoid them further. You know, it's the Mavericks. They're not a great team. The Spurs are going to probably sweep this one, one anyway. I think they rested you know half their lineup in the last game anyway with like Gasol, Parker, and everyone like that. So... I think all those guys are going to be back in full, and I just I don't think they have any reason to really play Leonard big minutes. Let's move to John Wall, just because I feel like we're just agreeing to disagree. <laughs> yes, on I think you're right. <laughs> and that, that's fine. We'll we'll find out more information. I, I assume right. as the day progresses. John Wall is one of those players again on their point card that's high priced. In fact, the highest priced option on today's slate, ninety three hundred. He's a game time decision listed on Fanduel, but I expect him kind of as we were reporting throughout the day. It seems like he's not going to play today. However, tomorrow. That's a situation where we'll be talking the podcast again. We think John Wall plays Wednesday. But Tuesday, look, against the Nets, they don't really need to have him play. I think Bradley Beal is going to be carrying that offensive unit against the Nets. It looks like Wall is not going to play. Yeah, when you have the, the back-to-back and, and someone who's you know just missed you know, more than two weeks, that's, that's always a situation where he's, he's going to miss one of them. You know, it just depends on which one he's going to miss. And it sounds like it's going to be tonight. Um, and, and you're right, tomorrow seems like he's going to be back. Um, but yeah, I think this is this is another situation where you can consider, you know, you know, Sadoransky. I know you you used I him love, in the past. I love Tomas Sadoransky. Um, I've been hesitant just because I, I hate the the timeshare with him and you Frazier. hate his name. That's the reason. I why. think that I think you're right. That, that, <laughs> that's part of it, but definitely part of it. Um, but yeah, Sadoransky had 26 uh, Fanduel points his last time out, which is solid. Um, I still I still have my reservations just because you know Tim Frazier's there as well. Um, but I guess I mean, he's definitely someone to consider. You know, he's only forty five hundred, so nothing crazy. Maybe it's because I've rolled the dice uh, one too many times and it's worked for me one too many times, which <laughs> I can't say too yeah. often as we've been doing this right. podcast stuff. I feel pretty good about him at forty five hundred. You talked about the twenty six Fanduel points again. We're looking for five times the value on these players, and we're creeping to that point where that doesn't feel like an automatic thing, especially if Sadoransky is getting around twenty five to thirty minutes. Because you mentioned that time, uh, that timeshare with Frazier, and that's correct. That's gonna that's yeah. gonna be there so long as John Wall is out. But he's the more explosive of those two plays. If he gets closer to five thousand, that's where I'm staying away. But we have a five hundred dollars savings at this point, and there's potential for him to get thirty Fanduel points. I feel like, especially against a Nets squad that's going to be without a lot of their guys as well. I feel pretty good about a forty five hundred price tag at Sadoransky. He's one of the value plays that, and we were talking off air a little bit before. We don't feel great about a lot of value plays. Yeah, he's right. one of the few value plays that I feel confident enough playing, especially if John Wall is going to be out. Yeah, something where you could potentially hit that thirty Fanduel point mark. That's all we're looking yeah, for with okay. that. And I think, especially in a seven game slate, we have to kind of have uh, one or two of those players that's just going to go off 
that we wouldn't have expected. Yeah, no, definitely. Yep. And that's one of the guys I'm going to just roll my dice on, especially against the Nets team. So right, right. We'll move over to that final injury that you had mentioned is at the beginning there, Joel Embiid. This this one, we talk about Kawhi Leonard, we think is going to play. John Wall, we think is not going to play. Joel Embiid, I literally have no idea what the 76ers are going to do with him. We talked about the injury first appeared Saturday, and that was, okay, fine, back tight. They're going to sit him. Sunday, it seemed like that was going to be all ready to go. Joel Embiid's going to be back. And then it was a miraculous scratch, yeah. and he's out again. That part right there. The if, most frustrating thing for DF owners, DFS he, owners everywhere. If he hadn't been scratched just randomly like that, I would feel a lot more confident. Okay, yeah, he's going to be back, or at least they're just resting, whatever else. It was one of those things where now Embiid, knowing his injury history and what it is, especially the back, especially as a big guy, especially as dynamic as a player as he is, it makes sense for the 76ers to rest him long term. But we don't know what's going to happen today. No being Tuesday, I'm, this late, I, I just don't know. And that's where it's like, okay, we need to game plan accordingly on both both directions. Yeah, this plays is, or not. Right, this is definitely the the most, you know, clueless, you know, I am for, for any injury on this slate, it feels like. Um, I th- you're right, though, with with him being like the late scratch, it seems like he just tweaked something. And that's that has me worried a little bit for sure. Um, you know, when we talk about if he does sit out, it's uh, there's a, there's a couple different guys you can definitely consider there. Um, I know last year Rashawn Holmes was the guy that kind of picked up all the minutes, but this year it's kind of been a little more Amir Johnson. I actually, you know, Johnson's only four thousand. He had thirty Fanduel points in the last game. I think he had, you know, sixteen points, five boards, four assists, and a steal. You know, twenty four minutes, not bad. Um, I think I think that's very you know solid for for a four thousand price guy, um, but. I think Holmes is, is someone you can consider as well. I That's just feel exactly like it. Yep. Johnson may be the higher upside. And what we're not even talking about is a guy that uh, was traded last week right after we had done doing our podcast. For the, Trevor Brooker came over to the yeah, 76ers yep. as part of that deal, and he could factor into that equation too. And obviously Dario Sarek is a guy that hangs around that if, you know, maybe not Embiid, but even someone along the lines of Amir Johnson got hurt. Sark is a guy I would immediately put into my lineup because we know what type of DFS asset he could be if he was given the minutes. Rashawn Holmes, though, 33, 17, 26. Those are his last three games for FanDuel points. He's listed at 4,500 price tag. If he was any other position besides center, I would actually feel like he's a guy I would want to put in there. I feel like it gives me high enough upside if right, Embiid yeah. were be out. But we're kind of left deciding, do we want to pay up at the highest point like a Andre Drummond? Really, I don't think there's any other option besides Andre Drummond as far as high centers. Or do you want to pay down and kind of toil around with the Holmes and the Plumleys out there? Because that's the decision-making process we have to have if Embiid were ruled out. Yeah, when you only have one center position, that's always one of the biggest, you know, biggest things to have to consider for each, you know, each individual contest. And that's a lot of a lot of times what we, you know, talk about in the beginning. You know, do we want to pay up for center? Do we not want to pay up for center? Yes. Um, for me, I know we talked about it before the podcast. We like some of the, you know. Drummond specifically, right, that's it. not some of the uh, higher t- higher price guys, but Drummond. So I mean, that could prompt you maybe to look like look at a guy like Trevor Booker here, or like you said, Dario Saric, just because those guys are you know power forward um, designated rather than you know your centers like Johnson and in um, Holmes. Yeah. Well, so along the same lines, if Embiid is out, do you like Carl Anthony Towns a little bit more? He's ninety seven hundred. He is going against the seventy sixers. So it's a seventy sixers Timberwolves matchup. I'm I'm a little more intrigued by that. Towns has been a bit of a disappointment, I think. He's been yeah. one of the more higher-priced centers, it feels like, on FanDuel for the longevity of this podcast that we've been doing now every, you know, two times a week, right. it feels like. So I, I, I'm i okay with paying at 9700 I think especially if Embiid is out, I feel a little bit better about that. But if Embiid's playing at 10800 I don't want Carl Anthony Towns, and I don't know if I want Embiid at 10800 So that's the question now. 
if Embiid's ruled active, Ben, do you want to have him in your lineup knowing he's going against Carl Anthony Towns, knowing he's had this back tightness stuff? Towns dropped all the way to 8,400 at one point this wow. year, which is crazy because, you know, wow. last year that, that wouldn't have even, not, that wouldn't have happened, you know, and yeah, he's I, back up to 9,700 now. So that's over a thousand jump. Um, he did kind of break out and that's what, that's what we, you know, why we see this, this huge jump in price. He had 55 and 50 Fanduel points in the last two. So he's kind of, you know, jumped out and, and done a little bit better, you know, the last few games, but mm-hmm. he's still got Teague. He's still got Butler. He's still got Wiggins, all the kind of battle for, for minutes and in, in touches with. So I don't know. It's still, still not the, my favorite situation, whether Embiid's in or not, honestly, um, Okay, I just, so how about I just a, don't. I, I I don't have. I'm not a huge fan of Towns. So. How about Embiid then? If Embiid is active, um, he's going against Carlin Towns. Do you want to use ten thousand eight hundred on Embiid? That is one of the highest priced players overall on this slate. Or are you a little bit worried, kind of like Anthony Davis, where we always mention to listeners, okay, you know Anthony Davis is great value. I understand that at eleven thousand, wherever he's been priced at. But hey, there's always the risk of Anthony Davis getting hurt more so than any other player in the NBA. There's always the risk that Anthony Davis ruins yeah. your lineup because he's out. This feels like the same situation with Embiid. Do you feel confident enough using him if Embiid were active? I wouldn't. Feel, I really wouldn't. I, I, I don't know. It's just whenever it's that high, that high priced of a person, I, I don't like risking it with with injury, you know, potential there. I, I don't like it. Um, and, and adding on to that, that game's not till you know nine thirty Eastern, so eight thirty, mm-hmm. um, you know, Central Time. So I, will we know for sure before tip? Who knows? You know, that's you know that's going to be a, a whole you know couple hours after you line up lock so i just i just don't know if that's even going to come out you know beforehand so i I don't think i'm going to be willing to risk it on him Embiid is the second highest priced player on today's seven game slate so there's that too you know like you let lebron james 12,600 i think both of us think that's probably a little bit too high for him i'm not going that direction Embiid is the second highest guy i understand if you would want to if especially in a tournament play it's kind of a contrarian move in my opinion but if we didn't have 9,200 Andre Drummond going against the Nuggets sitting right in front of us, I would feel a little bit more willing to try and pay up for Embiid. But right now, as it stands, I don't see any reason why, even if he was completely healthy, because there's always that risk with the back. There's Carl Anthony Towns that's in the way that's yeah. a double-double machine. I just feel like Andre Drummond is almost a, a bigger lock at that point, and we get about a $1,600 savings. So I'm going Drummond route every single time regardless of Embiid is healthy or not. No, I completely agree. It's just, Drummond just has such a good matchup. You know, like you said, it's the Nuggets. There's no Jokic, no Millsap. So um, he's going to be able to dom- dominate whether it's Plumlee or Fareed. And, and that just seems like a, like you, like you said, it seems like the lock of the day for me. Well, you talked about, and we, we'll just get to it right now. We'll breeze through some of the injuries and the matchups that are going on. Nuggets pissed in seven o'clock Eastern time to tip off to cold Jokic, or Jokic is going to be out for the ankle injury. More Kenneth Fareed, Mason Plumlee. We've talked about the Plumlee brothers quite a bit. To me, it's the Plumleys. We have a guy like Josh Jackson. They're all kind of uh, lumped together that likely will be getting more minutes that we know have been getting minutes for a while that are all around 4,500 to 5,500. You're like, uh, you know, maybe I need to put them in my lineup, especially a seven-game slate like Tuesday. You kind of have to find some values elsewhere. Yeah. And one of those Plumleys is going to be a value play, but good luck guessing which one of the Plumleys <laughs> it is that's going to be doing it. Yeah, th- those all three of those guys are so tough. You know, Josh Jackson is getting more minutes with Booker out. Plumlee is getting more minutes. Miles Plumlee is getting more with, you know, Dwayne Dedman and, and John Collins out. Um, they're all receiving extended minutes. Of the three there, of, of the two Plumleys and Josh Jackson, I honestly probably like Mason Plumlee the best. Mm. He's probably the most expensive of the three, I, I believe. Um, but... There's just so so many minutes available without, you know, um, Jokic and Millsap that, you know, he's getting like 25, 26, 27 minutes. That, that's fine with me. He's going to get some boards. Um, against the Pistons, against Drummond, ooh, that scares that's me a little bit more thing, because right. Drummond is, is, 
you know, a rebound machine. Yes. Um, but I, st- I don't know. I, Miles Plumley seems too limited in what he can do. Um, and Jackson just hasn't done much yet. You know, that's not, not to say he doesn't have the upside to do it. Um, it's just the, the, his production previously is not very, it just doesn't look good. You're right. And Mason Plumbing was 5,200 price. That is the highest of those three mentioned yeah. names. Josh Jackson being second at 4,700. Again, filling in for Devin Booker, who we'll get to that in a little bit. An interesting matchup against the Kings in itself. I don't mind Miles Plumley if you wanted to go that route simply because the Cavaliers aren't that good defensively against the center spot. We've talked about exploiting that matchup before. I specifically remember Dwayne Dedman going against the Kings, and then we followed that up, or you followed that up, and I did not, with a matchup against the Cavaliers, and that worked out wonderfully when he was the starter for the uh, for the Hawks at that time, too. So I think Pl- Miles Plumley isn't the worst in the world at 3,600. It depends a lot on if Kevin Love is going to be playing. We'll just get to that matchup right away because that's the other 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off one. We've talked about Kevin Love now. He's a game-time decision with the hip injury. If he's out, Channing Fry, Jeff Green likely take more of the minutes. And then I do like the Plumlee brother that plays for the Hawks a little bit better at 3,600. I think that he gets a little bit more rebounding opportunities. And not that Kevin Love isn't... Uh, he's. I feel like he's fallen off as a rebounding threat. Um, obviously, when he was with the Timberwolves, he that was his thing. Yeah, yeah. He's different now because he's having to play outside in that offense and three point shooting more. I really think that that actually opens the floor up for Miles Plumlee to get a few more opportunities at thirty six hundred price. Yeah, and and you, you mentioned Plumlee, but I think Kevin Love's potential absence just for me, it's more about what what Cavaliers benefit with that. Mm. Uh, I I really like honestly Jeff Green is is one of the guys I really like if if Love can't play i mean he's he's only 4500 um he's had 25 uh at least 25 Fanduel points in three of the last four games so that's that's pretty darn solid he had a he had a clunker in there you know he had a 12 <laughs> a 12 Fanduel point um shot there but at 4500 solid you know you'd like to see more i just I, I like that a little better than even a guy like Plumlee. i just I think Green has more... It's a safer play, right? Yeah, it just, it I agree right. with you. And I, and also, we talked about earlier in the broadcast, the power forward designation for Jeff Green is a vastly different thing than we have uh, Plumley at center, meaning that you can't have a guy like Andre Drummond, yeah. who we both like in there as well. So you're kind of forcing your hand. You're forcing your hand to go cheaper at center. It opens the floor for paying up for a Ben Simmons, paying up for a LeBron if you want to go that route. But again, I feel like, and you said it as well, Andre Drummond is one of the best values for tonight's slate. I want to have him in my lineup, and that means I have to kind of go away elsewhere on the center spot if I'm playing on FanDuel. Yeah, that kind of kind of eliminates us from using both Plumleys. And we talked, well, we did we talked about Kevin Love, but Tristan Thompson, he's been out for an extended time too. He's expected to play tonight with that calf injury, finally getting back to the swing of things. Here's a situation where I think the Cavs actually don't utilize Tristan Thompson all that much. He could end up getting the start, but I don't really feel like he's going to get around 25 to 30 minutes. If he was, if we knew he was guaranteed that, that's a different situation entirely. But Thompson's not giving you much offensively. He's more of a defensive rebounding, blocking, maybe getting yeah. a steal in there too. And to me, I'm not going that route, especially if he's not healthy. I want a guy that can give me a bit more explosiveness on offense as well as defense. Right. Yeah. Thompson's just not a guy I'm, I'm, I'm willing to not, not willing to use, especially you know because he's fresh off an injury. Like you said, right. he's, he's a rebound specialist for the most part, a couple blocks, but. Um, I yeah, I'm, I'm not using him again. He's a center list at 4,200. So you have to make a decision. Do you want Andre Drummond or do you want to pay down? Really? I feel like that's actually a question entirely. Do you want Andre Drummond or you want to pay down at yeah, center? Yeah. Especially if you're playing on FanDuel, that's really the options you have. If Embiid plays, okay. Opens up the floor for a little bit else. If you want to go a contrarian route with Carl Anthony Towns, I get it. Especially if Embiid is out, but for the most part, it's Drummond or you're going down under 5k. Right, that that honestly could be the bold take of, of the night. Whether you know the injuries are, are a big thing, but it could just be whether you want to pay for Andre Drummond 
or you know pay Donaldson. Right. Lakers Knicks on their seven o'clock Eastern time tip off. No injuries to note for the Lakers other than Lonzo Ball's poor shooting, uh, <laughs> and then Tim Hardaway on the Knicks side will be out. We knew that already though with the leg injury. So uh, more minutes. Kind of we talked about Michael Beasley is a guy that filled in when Porzingis was out for a scoring option. Well now I think. Porzingis is your scoring option for the Knicks and yeah. really the one of the lone scoring option. We've seen Courtney Lee step up at times. He's always a guy I love around that 5K, 6K mark, but I don't really feel like I can find a way to put him into my lineup. And it's not as if the Lakers aren't a great option. I just don't know if I want to really stack that one necessarily. I, I think it's okay. I think there are some options there. I'm more on the other side with the Lakers versus the Knicks. I like the game itself. I think that, mm. that has plenty of over-under, you know, high upside type of type of options. But I, th- I, like, I just think it's on the other side with the Lakers. How about Lakers-Knicks or Suns-Kings as far as a game you wanted to stack? A, a poo-poo platter again of four teams that you're like, oh, God, I don't want to watch any of this unless, even if I'm a fan, honestly, of those four teams. Which one of those do you like more as a stackability option? That's actually really. That's tough. a good question. I, I like throwing out to the fly. I like um, I like the Suns. I do. I like stacking the Suns and I like stacking the Lakers. So I would say I like <laughs> both. You can't games. you you can't pick and choose. I'd still go. I'd still go Lakers. Um, All right. But I think so there's definitely the a possibility to use Suns because I mean Warren's gonna you know ball out with without Devin Booker. There's mm-hmm. guys like Mike James who's played really well, um, who's at a cheap price. Um, I, I still think the Lakers, there's more options. There. I like the Suns-Kings matchup overall. I'm go- not going to dance around the question like you did. If I were to pick literally the two teams from the matchup that I want to use and not just mix and match like yeah, it's yeah. some sort of bakery game, uh, I'm going to be having the Suns-Kings matchup at 10 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. I like that one more as a game to stack. We talked about the Suns going offensively against the Kings. How about the Kings offensively going against the Suns? That defense isn't very good either, obviously, right, with right. Devin Booker out. Maybe have a guy like Josh Jackson helps on the defensive end, but not enough, I think, for me to be worried if I wanted to use a guy. Now, Zach Randolph, is, that's that's an excessive play. I, I would be you know, that's excessive and aggressive. That's probably yeah. the way I would put that there. You don't want to go, but I think there's plenty of Kings that – you could think about at least going against the Suns matchup, but we'll we'll get to that one a little bit more. Wizards net seven thirty Eastern time tip off. John Wall, we've already talked extensively about him as a game time decision. With that knee injury, we're not expecting him to play. Ian Mahimi is also a game time decision, but not a really new DFS guy. And then obviously on the Nets side, not too much to note there. Spurs Mavericks eight thirty Eastern time tip off. We talked to Kawhi Leonard as well. Quad injury, he will play, but we don't know how much. Rudy Gay likely sent to the bench, and also means that we probably can't use him very much as far as DFS asked around the six K range. Danny Green will play with the groin injury. Kyle Anderson still out with the knee injury. The Mavericks side of things, Dennis Smith is out more. Yogi Ferrell and J.J. Barea. I kind of like one of those two options as a sneaky play, but, uh, you know, how again, how aggressive and risky do you want to get with that? And right, Seth yeah. Curry out with a leg, leg injury, also opening up more minutes for Farrell and Barea. Sixers, Timberwolves, we talked about that as well. T.J. McConnell, though, interesting addition, especially if Embiid is out, is a expected play that shoulder injury. Again, we talked to Embiid. If he is out with the back injury, that's Amir Johnson, Rashawn Holmes benefiting, maybe more Trevor Booker. And then Robert Covington, too. We didn't really get to that, but that opens again more minutes for Sark, I think. Yeah. He's a game on similar to the back injury. Uh, you know, Cabaret has also started in his place last game, but wasn't really getting a lot of minutes. There's a lot of things to note with that Sixers team that we won't know a lot because it's 8.30 Eastern time tip-off. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, Covington... I feel like he's gonna he's gonna sit out. I think they originally had him listed as doubtful, and mm. then he got upgraded, which is sometimes it means they're playing. It's but positive. I, I still feel like he's he's gonna sit out. Um, 
the Sixers have used a couple like kind of three guard lineups with like Jared Bayless and and those type of guys. I don't but think McConnell back. I don't think the Timberwolves yeah, is the way you want. That's to a do good it, point. Very good point. And with McConnell back, that kind of muddies the situation yeah. even more with who the heck's getting the minutes there. Um, I think. I think again, yeah, you're right. It boils down to the power forwards there mm-hmm. in, in the center spot. So um, one of them is it fair to say one of them is going to go off? Whether it be Sark, whether it be Booker, whether it be Holmes, whether it be Amir Johnson, one of them will go off, absolutely. and that's yeah. going to be, I think, if not the biggest difference maker, one of the difference makers in a DFS lineup tonight is figuring out which one of those four is a going to get the minutes and b going to you know make make good on those minutes right, and yeah. do stuff. So. I think it's interesting note. I would hopefully have more information. Obviously, we've been doing this now since we started the two two weeks ago. We'll be setting our lamps closer to that seven o'clock Eastern time tip off. Hopefully, we'll have more information then, and we can kind of figure out what we want to do with our lamps. As of right now, I almost feel like I have placeholders in there waiting for it, and I don't feel great about that. I know right. you didn't either feel great about the placeholders. <laughs> On the Timberwolves side of things, Bielita again will still be out with that foot injury. We talked about the Suns Kings as a game that I like as far as stackability goes. We also know Devin Booker will be out for a couple more weeks meaning Josh Jackson at 4,700 is available and starting, not getting a lot of minutes, not getting a lot of fandom points, but hey, he's starting, uh, which should help the roto optimizer. <laughs> yes. The roto optimizer loves that. True. And then Willie Cauley-Stein is a game transition for the Kings with a back injury. Let's get to the roto optimizer. Let's let's figure out what they're thinking because really it looks kind of like what I have my lineup as, only I'm a little bit more aggressive than the optimizer lineup is. So they're going with Jeff Teague at 6,500 and George Hill at 4,000. Teague against the 76ers, Hill against the Suns as your two power, or I'm sorry, your two point guard options for the world aware optimizer lineup andrew wiggins against the 76ers at 5900 i know you like that price quite a bit and avery bradley who is active and will be playing against the nuggets at 5300 as your two shooting guards jimmy butler at 9000 and josh jackson at 4700 there you go the optimizer lineup loves jackson and chris Tapps, porzingis larry nance 9700 5200 respectively going against the lakers and knicks that's a primetime matchup going against one another and you liked that one kind of as your stackability game, because you, yeah. you just couldn't help yourself and you had to go ahead and say Suns and Lakers <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> Lakers and Knicks. Finally, the optimizer is thinking kind of what I was thinking with Joel Embiid potentially out. Carl Anthony Towns, your 97 uh, price center and the highest priced option along with Chris Tapps Porzingis in this World War Optimizer lineup. So it kind of feels like stars and scrubs, although the stars aren't that expensive and the scrubs aren't that cheap. So what is this kind of... I'm I'm failing to figure out an analogy for this kind of it lineup. Seems more, it seems like a prime double up or double yeah, yeah type of lineup. It's I, not a good I name, honestly, but it's a double up lineup. You're I right. honestly don't hate it. No, you know, I, I look either. at it. I'm I'm like okay, <laughs> Teague. I like Teague Hill. Uh, I don't really love it, but then you know they're playing the Suns. The Suns give up a ton of points to point guards, and Hill sat out the last game, so he's going to be fresh. Um, Wiggins, the price, gotta love the price. Lowest of the season, fifty nine hundred. Still a guy that can just go off on any given night. So mm. he's definitely a tournament risky play. You throw in there and, and hope he just kind of blows up. I love Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, I think there's a lot of solid guys there. I just, I doesn't that feel just, like what today's seven game slate yes. is overall? Just hey, I this is a solid guy. Like okay, I can, and then you're like, oh wait, I like him. Uh, shoot, this guy is okay. He's got a good match. Crap, we have four people here around yeah. the same price that I could all find utility for in a lineup like this. This right. is where it gets to be difficult when we're talking seven games as opposed to 10 or 11, where you kind of like, all right, I need to have this guy in my lineup. Right, exactly. It's guy. a lot of, I kind of like this guy, you know, I kind of <laughs> don't. And, and there's very little. This is expert and it must play. Expert analysis that we're giving. <laughs> I know, <friends>. right? <laughs> Other than Andre Drummond, like like we've mentioned right. before, there just doesn't seem like a whole lot of must plays. All right, well, let's go ahead and just. 
again, we'll be tweeting out our official lamps close to 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. I know I kind of have some placeholders in my lamp. I know you have some placeholders in your lamp. I think it's best if we go ahead and just read through our lamps overall. So I'll let you start out with it first, and then we'll kind of talk about it afterwards as far as, oh, this play is interesting, or, oh, I didn't really want this play in my lamp initially. All right, you want to go through the whole list? Yes, let's okay. go through the whole list. All right, list. so I'm going Jeff Teague against the 76ers, 6,500. Mike James against the Kings, 4,500. And Contavious Caldwell-Pope against the Knicks. Here's my stacking game right here, <laughs> 5,800. Jordan Clarkson also uh, against the Knicks, 5,300. Otto Porter uh, against the Nets, 7,400. Brandon Ingram uh, against the Knicks, 7,100. Kristaps Porzingis. Um, against the Lakers, 9,700. Jeff Green, kind of a placeholder, hoping uh, Kevin Love sits out. Uh, against the Hawks, 4,500. And then big ol' Andre Drummond against that injury-decimated Nuggets front court. That is an aggressive stack against the Knicks. You're right. I did not realize I hadn't scrolled down far enough in our podcast prep to <laughs> see, see how super into the Lakers you were. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and pick up Brandon Ingram as one of the many Lakers that you played in your lineup, and I'm interested to see. At 7,100, he is not just middle-priced. He's kind of now trending upwards. Yeah. We talked about Kawhi Leonard as I thought an interesting tournament play, if nothing else. At 7,000, Ingram's priced $100 higher than a guy like Kawhi Leonard. If you want a potential in your lineup, if you want to swing for the fences, would you still go with Ingram as opposed to Leonard, given they're about same priced? Yes, yes. Ingram's really? gonna yes. Ingram's still gonna be the one that gets thirty five, thirty six minutes. He's been playing a ton of minutes. I just don't think Leonard. There's no chance Leonard plays more than twenty minutes. I I, I really don't. Twenty twenty two minutes or something. Um, Ingram. He's one of the guys. You know, two weeks, two three weeks ago, I'm like. Oh, Ingram, maybe I'll look at you know his previous you know box scores. And all of a sudden I look at it and it's like, holy crap, this dude's been absolutely balling. Um he's had a ton of really good games, a couple fifty Fanduel pointers. I just solid uh, you're right though. The price is getting up there, um, where you you may think twice about it. Um but I still think he's got enough upside that I, I do like I do like since him. late November he also has three games under twenty five Fanduel points too. True. So we're yeah. talking about seventy one hundred. There's a lot of risk-reward that comes with that. I almost wonder if Kawhi Leonard's not the safer thing given it's 7,000. I understand. Again, I am assuming Kawhi Leonard's getting 30 minutes. Yeah. In this okay. wacky, right. weird season that we've seen in the NFL, and I really, to some extent, NBA too, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he gets more than 30 minutes, and I, I'll take Leonard at 7,000. But let's go ahead and compare somebody else who I know you love at TJ Warren, 8,000, another small forward option, or Brandon Ingram at 7,100. Forget the fact that you're trying to fit in the lineup. Do you want a guy like Warren over Ingram more, or are you still going with the Ingram matchup? I mean, if without salaries. Without, without salaries. Without salaries at all, I'd, I'd definitely go with Warren. I think okay. that's that's definitely a guy I'd, I'd stick to just because, like I, like I mentioned before, there's no booker. Warren's kind of the guy that has to has to produce for them. He, he is the go-to guy now. Um, hasn't really had great games the last mm-hmm. few which is definitely scary so when you take salary in, in into consideration that kind of is, is is a bit scary I, I do think warren though is the guy that has that peak that's a bit higher than ingram okay all right so at, for my lamp i had point guard thomas sonoranski at 4500 and point guard jj berea sonoranski is going against the nets berea is going against the spurs of the two, I feel worse about Bray at 5,400. I understand Yogi Ferrell's uh, going to be getting some more minutes. We have Dennis Smith out. We have you know a guy like Seth Curry out. Yeah, so it's okay. I would like I will likely as long as I remember around seven o'clock Eastern <laughs> time to set my lineup and make sure everything's set. Bray is going to be out of there. I don't expect him to be in there. So that that's one of those things where I just kind of hamstrung a little bit. I like your Mike James idea. I, I don't think that's the worst play in the world, especially yeah. if you want to pay down a point guard, which. I wasn't planning on it. That's kind of just how the lineup broke out. Um, and I think that Mike James would be another guy below that 5,000 threshold or right around there. I feel a lot more comfortable in than Berea. 
but he's in there right now. So shooting guard, Bradley Beal and Buddy Heal. Beal at 8,600 going against the Nets. Heal at 5,500. Uh, I love Buddy Heal. We had a whole segment last iteration, last season of NBA about uh, he being a you know 4,500 price guy that he was the healed all-star that we end up using. The, the lock of the day. The, the lock of the day. Buddy Heal, yeah. <laughs> right. And it was funny at the time. And now he's kind of played at the point where, you know, he's just, he's just a guy. Yeah, he's just... He's just a guy. Yeah. He's, and it's he's more, just there. I want to use a guy going against the Suns, and that's where I felt comfortable using it. But I think, again, kind of like Berea, I would take him out of my lineup given a lot of what we know with the injuries as it is stands. However, I love Bradley Beal at 8,600. I don't know. And we talk about Andre Drummond as 9,200, one of the better prices overall. Beal has to be out there, right, too. Again, going against the Nets with John Wall expected to be out. If John Wall plays, this is a different matter entirely. I don't like a lot of the shooting guard options overall. Yeah. So give me a guy that I know has to be the focal point of a team that I still think the Nets are going to be chippy. It's not going to be a blowout type of situation. I love Beal at 8,600. That's getting up there, man. That is expensive. Oh, stop. And you paid like 1500 for James Harden last year. You were all over James Harden. I haven't touched him too much this year. Yeah, you've, you've, you're, you've been able to really handle yourself this but that's, year. That is absurd. 8,600. I get it. I, I think you're right. Like he, He's probably going to have a pretty big game. 8,600, though. I could definitely not fit him in my lineup. Yeah, okay, that's fine. I went with Josh Jackson at small forward and Harrison Barnes at small forward for my two options. You look at Jackson's numbers, and given what we all thought he would be entering the season, it's disappointing. Even with Devin Booker out, he's he hasn't gotten over 20 Fanduel points, and that's really not encouraging to me. This is more about potential than anything else. I think, again, putting a guy in your lineup that you think is going to go off with a primetime matchup against the Kings at 4700 price, I like that. It's not a great one. I think it's more of a tournament play than a yeah. double-up play. Right, right. Like we were talking about with the Rotowire Optimizer lineup, I think that's more of a double-up lineup. Josh, Jackson is definitely a tournament play. The one I feel okay about against the Kings I think there's going to be a lot of people going off against the Kings. If nothing else, Jackson should be able to get your your favorite cross-category production steals and blocks too, right? Right. His, I mean, his biggest game was a, a 36.9 FanDuel point outing, which would be decent for a $4,700 price. But when that when that happens only once in the season, that's, that's tough. I think you're right. It's The potential is there. It's, it's yeah. Josh Jackson. He's a rookie. He's, he's really good. Um, I just yeah you're right it's 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 a risky tournament play at at best there and I like Barnes given that he's going to be scoring uh, Mavericks need to have him score to be competitive in that game it's not great especially if Leonard ends up locking him down that's I don't feel confident about that but 6600 you can do worse for a guy that is exclusively the scorer on your team at power forward I have Kenneth Reed at 5500 I feel good about that I feel he'll probably be in my lineup throughout I understand the Andre Drummond effect I understand that. Apparently, old man Fareed, according to you, <laughs> we were talking off air, and you're like, he old just man looks Fareed. Old. He's not even 30, or he just turned 30. He's, he looks old. Stop it. All right. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, Fareed is a guy that I feel confident of using, even with Andre Drummond around at 5,500. He's going to be getting enough rebounds where that should be able to get the five times, six times value. It would not be absurd for me to think he gets over 30 Fanduel points, and I want that in my lineup. So that's more of a double up play overall. Here's a guy I like just in general, Ben Simmons, 10,000. If Embiid's out, I want Simmons in my lap. If Embiid's in, I want Simmons in my lap as well. I think that he is one of the more automatic high-priced plays. We talk about Drummond again. He's my center at 9,200, but I still think that Simmons I like quite a bit. So I had Drummond, Simmons, and Beal in my lineup, and it really didn't take that much of you know g- gymnastics to get around that. Yeah. It was pretty easy enough to get those guys in there. I think Simmons' price is great, and he was up at 10,500 yeah. just a couple games ago. Yeah. So that I think it's a really solid price, and it's not like it's a 
scary matchup or anything. No. You know, the, the Timberwolves haven't been that great um, when it comes to, to comes to defense. So I, I don't mind that play at all. And it's not like Taj Gibson's it's just, covering him either. It's going to be probably more like Jeff Teague, Andre, uh, you know, Andrew, Andrew Wiggins, yeah. so to speak, that are going to be covering Ben Simmons as opposed to that power forward spot where he's listed on FanDuel. Yeah, I just had a – for me, it was a tough time finding cheap value plays mm-hmm. to fit those guys in. I really wanted Drummond and Porzingis in my lineup, and that kind of – didn't allow me to get Simmons in there, but I, I do think Simmons would be a, a solid play if you need. I agree. Well, that does it for us on the Tuesday NBA DFS podcast. Obviously, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hopefully, John Wall will be playing. We don't have to really figure out that song and dance anymore, but until then, we'll kind of have to listen and, and stay tuned to Rotoware. Obviously, we will, be, we will be posting our official lineups closer to 7 o'clock Eastern Time tip-off. I always send that link out. Rotoware always retweets it. We'll be replying on there. Your, your tweet and your lineup always is a good reminder that I need to get mine out there. Uh, but yes, please make sure to follow us on RotoWire to see more information as far as any of your DFS lineups go. We've got to talk about FanDuel, of course, too. We love the fact that we're on FanDuel. I, you know, it presents interesting challenges. We talk a lot about that center spot. What yeah. do you want to do there? Do you want to pay up? Do you want to pay down? That's probably one of the good things about uh, FanDuel is that we have that option that we have to kind of have some strategy involved. And I think that really does separate your line most weeks. Yeah, that's that's definitely one of the funnest things about it. You know, we talked about, sometimes we mentioned, oh, this guy's a tournament play. This guy's a double up play. You know, there's a lot of different things you have to consider, um, which which makes it fun. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. a game of strategy. Um, so you got to love it. And, and obviously we have our friendly competitions. You can't go wrong with those. I love beating you uh, yeah. day in and day out. You did out. get me last week too after <laughs> I failed to set my lineup and cost me with Sean Livingston. I'll take the, the win by started. default. Yeah, well, yeah. no, I put up a fight. We got It was close. But yes, Ben took away the victory there too of course if you're keeping track at home i think you've now won about 15 in a row and i've you know had my two victories you got week. me a couple times recently i think <laughs> yeah that was it though uh yeah and of course we love to hear your compliments on itunes and stitcher i love that we have some user engagement as well on twitter too you know besides the fact that ben gets so happy feelings about that it's, it's great to see the engagement from <laughs> you guys so please keep it up i appreciate that so much and i know rotoware does too it really does a lot to get more engagement with these podcasts. So uh, shout out to everyone on Twitter and iTunes and Stitcher for everything that you've done for us. That does it for us officially for the NBA Tuesday edition of the DFS podcast. We will be back around the same time again Wednesday to talk more DFS hoops. Again, hopefully John Wall will be back and we can have more information then. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.